When I was 23 years old, all anybody wanted to ask me was, what do you do for a living? And what was my response? My response was, I do awesome. I'm Steve Armato, and I started this podcast to interview awesome people who build awesome lives. So now, let's do awesome. On today's episode, I have good friends Carla Marie and Anthony with me as we discuss pretty much everything from what took them from interns at a New York City radio station to having their own morning show in Seattle and what really caused them to launch the morning show podcast that they have now. They are, I would call them the epitome of uh, someone who's built awesome lives for themselves. And we talk about their journey and what they've built together. So stay tuned for this episode of Doing Awesome. My friends, Carla Marie and Anthony. Hello, Stephen. Welcome to Doing Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. How are we doing? Doing great. And first off, thank you for having us. And it's also nice to see you and talk to you live because normally I'm just looking at all your your reels and your TikToks and your and your your tweets or X's or whatever we call them now, <laughs> but now it's good to get the, the back and forth. Yeah, to me, social media lends you to you only see like bits and pieces mm-hmm. of what's going on with people, and now we actually get to discuss anything we want. That's what we yeah. can do here. You guys are like the epitome of what this show is about. Um, this is about people who create awesome lives and who are also awesome people, and the both of you have created your own path through everything that you've done. Um, and it all started as interns at Z100. Um, yeah, pretty much. You, you take me back to there and how you first met and uh, where it all began? Yeah, I guess I got into the company first, yeah. so I'll start with that. I started as a, a part-timer while I was still in college. I went to Seton Hall University. Uh, one of my professors, when I switched over to TV and radio broadcasting, happened to be a guy who was working part-time at 103.5 KTU, which if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, Connecticut, you know KTU. It's like a staple. Um, So I started on the street team there. And for about three years, I was just doing events, helping out in the office, all of that stuff. I became the promotions coordinator. And then an opportunity came up to become Elvis Duran's assistant, like personal assistant. First one ever. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you know what? I've been doing this promo thing and I love it, but it's not a full-time job. It's part-time. And I love this radio thing that I've kind of been a part of. So I'm I'm sure working with Elvis, I'll be able to learn a lot. And sure enough, I mean, I learned things about, it was like a masterclass in learning how to do radio, how to build a community, how to handle yourself, how to invest in yourself. Um, And that kind of kicked off the the rest of my journey yeah but you forgot the part of the journey where i came along well you can add that part okay in 2009 <laughs> i was a student at rutgers university and i needed to get an internship and i was like why don't i apply at my favorite morning show elvis around in the morning show and at that time they filled up the summer internship spot so they're like well we'll take you next summer or whatever it is like next semester for now intern in the afternoon with jj and he was on air at the time. So I spent my whole summer asking this man every question possible. And I don't think Anthony and I met until because I probably started at 2 p.m. Yeah. You were long gone at that point working in the morning with Elvis. So we were literally working at the same station but didn't know each other until the next semester when I started interning with Elvis, Elvis Red of the Morning Show, all of them. And um, I never left. So I basically did three semesters. Um, my last semester, I also worked in the digital department there, which was um, at the time kind of just creating and the station Facebook pages, like not fan pages really yet, just a Facebook page for the station. It was such a like so different. Yeah. And I got hired full time to work at Elvis. And at that point, we had known each other. But yeah, we met 2009, 2010. Did, did you did you butt heads a little bit on the Seton Hall Rutgers front? Oh, oh yeah. we still do. Yeah, I mean, that's a that was a bigger rivalry back in the day, like Big East. It's still, yeah. Which, it's, which, yeah, back uh, when they were in the same conference, it was definitely different because those games mattered a little more. You're playing, especially basketball, because Seton Hall doesn't have a football team. But we uh, still hate you. Yeah, but now it's still it's still the big rivalry. Yeah. yeah um, unfortunately, of, both schools are now looking up at St. Peter's, FDU, and Princeton when it comes to NCAA success, which is rather annoying. That's a little bit annoying. I agree with you on that. That's definitely a little bit annoying. But then now, so now you meet each other, right? And my day Friday comes along. Where did that stem from? 
why did you, why did that whole why did that begin? So interestingly enough, um, I think both of us are we like to be really creative and we like to try new things. And we were working an event together. We were driving up. I remember this day like it was yesterday. We were driving up from the station with a station vehicle, um, going up to a ski resort in the Catskills because we were doing an event there or filming something there, whatever it was. And iHeartRadio had just launched their like replay channels of a lot of their morning shows. So it wasn't a podcast necessarily. It was just the live stream that would repeat over and over and over. And we decided as, as we were driving up to listen to a couple of these shows we'd never heard of before. And keep in mind, both of us were like the lowest people on the totem pole. Just, but we'd known each other for show. five years at this point. Yeah. Okay. And we were listening and going, you know, a lot of these shows aren't very good. Um, and we could definitely do this. Why don't we, why don't we try and kind of practice hosting a morning show by doing a podcast? Yeah. We'll have topics. We'll uh, have a schedule. We'll build it all out, all of that stuff. And that's kind of the genesis mm -hmm. of, of My Day Friday. Yeah, Anthony was the one that said to me, like, what, why don't we do a podcast? And I remember we were with my boyfriend at the time, and I was like, would you listen to a podcast if we did a podcast? And he was like, sure. But we didn't, like, we were saying podcast, but, like, what did that even mean in 2014? Like, we didn't know. But we sat down, and like Anthony said, we came up with a name because – I, the name actually came out. Yeah. Uh, Carla Marie wasn't there when the mm -hmm. name was developed. We were with some other coworkers from Elvis's show. And what we started doing was on Fridays. That was the day that we got to, we left early, maybe got some early drinks in Hoboken or whatever. And we started using this term, my day Friday, in terms of like, you know, the rest of the weekdays, you're kind of, you have to do what the man says. Right. Um, Friday, we're going to make our day. And that's kind of just how it worked out. Says the guy, we had a female boss, by the way. Technically. Yes. So we had to do what the woman said. Yeah. After Technic all this. Well, there, there's, a, there's a lot of men and women that were above yeah, us at yeah, that yeah. point. Um, but we also said it's so hard getting your voice heard on Elvis's show mm -hmm. because there's so many people. So, like, let's just practice talking. We never have more than 10 seconds really at a time to speak. So let's do this. And we sat down and legit had a work lunch and planned out this podcast where I feel like most people are like, let's just do a podcast, whatever. I'll just download a random logo that some AI thing generated and start talking. We planned yeah. out how it was going to work. The website, the Social. Instagram account. So all of it. And we went into it like it was a real business and no one cared. No one cared about it. <laughs> that was the crazy thing at first. I remember the, the funniest thing now with people in podcasting, especially radio personalities and whatnot is the amount of people that, would see us working on a Friday afternoon because we would record it mm -hmm. on Friday 99% of the time. Um, would They'd be leaving to go head out for their weekends. They would legitimately make fun of us. You doing your little podcast? Um, and then it started growing a little bit more because yeah. we we tried to make sure that we were doing things on, on Twitter at the time, on Instagram, yeah. really promoting it ourselves. And then Elvis put us on air one day and talked about it. And from then it kind of like took off. But now all those people that were, you know, they were basically talking shit um, yeah. about it. What I guess they didn't know is you were pretty much, and I don't even know if you knew this at the time. Did you realize that you were laying the groundwork for everything that was about to come as you kept going in your careers? A little bit. Eventually, I think well, we started to. I'm a little, I, I think I'm a little more delusional sometimes uh, <laughs> when it comes to work things than Carla Marie in a good way. Like I, I am always thinking about how to make things bigger and better, uh, create more reach, create more views, clicks, whatever it is. So I, I was hoping that it would lend itself to that, to, to put us on that path. I don't think I fully understood what it was going to do, though. But having my own radio morning show was never really anything I, not that I didn't want it, but it was just like not on my list. I loved being a part of Elvis' show, producing the show, but I didn't, I wasn't like, I want the Carla Marie show or the Carla Marie and whoever show, whatever it was. I never in my mind thought I would leave Elvis's show or New York or New Jersey. So it was, I was like, yeah, okay, Anthony, sure, whatever. And then like things started getting real and clients were booking us to do events together or we were being asked to go to the iHeartRadio Music Festival together. And then the conversation started happening of like, yeah. this sounds like a decent show. And we're like, what? And and what happened from there? The, the, is that what took you to Seattle? Yes. Yeah, basically. The podcast. Well, we, we didn't know this at the time, but um, there, there, 
has become this like vacuum, especially in regular terrestrial radio, um, because you have shows like Elvis or Bobby Bones or The Breakfast Club that have, you know, hundreds of stations uh, between all three of them. And then you could add all these other brands as well. There wasn't really a good farm system for the next generation of morning shows. The companies, not just iHeartRadio, but all of them mm -hmm. have basically killed their farm system. Um, and then, and listen, shows like Elvis and the breakfast club are phenomenal, right. but there, there isn't the smaller stations now where people can learn and grow. We were probably the first podcast that iHeartRadio used as a farm system mm -hmm. where they saw that we had some chemistry and that's really what got us the jobs in Seattle. There were other way more, um, I wouldn't say talented, uh, experienced hosts around the country that they were also looking at. But the, the problem you'd run into is you're taking host A from this city that maybe does afternoons, host B from this city that maybe does nights, and hoping it's an arranged marriage that they have the chemistry. They knew that they could teach us some of the things, and thankfully working for Elvis, you, we learned some of the best practices you could have. Um, they knew we had the chemistry, and we could learn all of the other things later on, which – I mean, the podcast to the morning show was a direct connection. And with that now, right? So had the podcast takes you to the morning show. What was that like? So you're, you're both from New Jersey. You're, you haven't lived, you're young. You're still young, but like at the time yeah, you're young. Younger. <laughs> and, and now you're, and now you're moving. They're like, Hey, this is it across the country. Literally. Like, we're expecting you to just pick up and move your life here. What was that yeah. experience like? With well, I had to look up Seattle on a map during our first interview call because <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. And I remember we're on speakerphone. They can't see us because no one used Zoom then. And I, I pull up Google Maps and I look at Anthony and I go, that's far. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is where Twilight, Twilight was here. Oh, my God. So I'm like getting amped. And I'm like, this is so like I knew so little about U.S. geography at that point. Like, yeah, I learned it at school. But now I'm <laughs> at this point. I think then I had been to like seven U.S. states. Now I have eight left. So moving away made me appreciate and understand the rest of the country and the world more. And, and driving through the country three full times. Yes. So that was wild. Literally not knowing where it yeah. was fully on a map when we were taking our first call to moving out here and like, this is home. I own a home here. It's nuts. Thankfully, and geography for me is pretty simple. So I, <laughs> I, I knew where Seattle was. But Jerk. what's interesting, and this is one of the, the unique things, like, yeah, we're both from New Jersey. We both came from the same radio station. So we learned a lot of things together. Similar schools at the end of the day, both big schools in New Jersey, one much larger than the other. Um, but one of the really unique things between the two of us is Carla Marie's family. You're what, fourth generation New Jersey, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, and and yeah. when I say fourth generation New Jersey, I mean like the same seven square yes, miles yes, of New like Jersey. Like my family, no one leaves. Whereas for me, I'm first generation American. Like my, both of my parents grew up in other countries, moved to America. And I bring that up because I think moving was a lot easier for me and a lot easier for my family to understand because okay. we weren't as settled in America, for example, as Carla Marie's family was. Like her mom's, grandmother was what the person who moved here or no, you're yeah, my great grandma. Great -grandma. Okay. But yes, he's right. Like my family still doesn't yeah. understand how I left seven years later. Like, right. Because you're Italian and you're from New Jersey <laughs> and this is what Italians do. They right. can't like half my family can't understand that. I live in Hoboken and not Staten <laughs> Island. Like they're like, that's so far. I'm like, it's 35 minutes. What are you talking about? You yeah, might as well be here in Seattle. Honestly, basically, basically they're like, Oh yeah. my God, that's so far. What, what's, What's going on with that? It's like, what do you mean it's so far? Just drive the car. It's very, very simple. <laughs> no it's pretty, and, pretty close, actually. But Carla Marie, you're now like an honorary park ranger, aren't you? So you went from no geography <laughs> to... To, I don't think I had been to a national park before we moved here. And I started, just because you're, once you're in Seattle, you're literally surrounded by nature. I could walk outside of our office right now and see the Olympic Mountain Range. It's absurd. So I started being like, oh, let's go on hikes or let's do this. And oh, let's go to a national park. And we did our second summer here, I believe, or first summer maybe, first summer. Um, with one of our friends, flew out, and we drove from here to Yellowstone. We did a bunch of them. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to go to all of these. I'm obsessed. I love national parks. Oh, my God. And I start seeing, I could have been a park ranger. Like, this is a dream. 
what a cool job. And I was, then I started seeing like other things I could do in my life that weren't just radio. And I don't know that I would have ever thought about literally anything else in this world if I didn't leave the bubble of yeah. New York, New Jersey and Elvis Run in the morning show. Because you really are in a bubble when you're in that show. Like, it was a shock. It's a bubble within a bubble. Almost. It is. It was a shock to go to a new radio station where you weren't sourced, you weren't trusted, you just weren't treated the way that that show was, to a new city where you're like, oh, my God, look at all these different things here. You know, it's a, the sports analogy I'd use for that, for especially Elvis' show, is imagine being um, a rookie in the NFL. And you get drafted to, let's say, the Patriots, a team that I might hate, but at the same time, it's just really well run. They've been winning for a long time. They had Tom Brady there who held it down for so, for so long. You think that's how the rest of the league works. Yeah. And then you get traded to the Jets. And you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> nothing here works properly. <laughs> that's, you know? that's actually, that's one of the best analogies I've ever it heard. It is. And that's, that's what it's, it was like going from iHeartRadio New York. And keep in mind, we stayed with the same company. We came to iHeartRadio Seattle, but we were with the best of the best, not only in terms of the city, in ter the biggest right. radio market. El no show in the country is as close-knit and as well-run as Elvis's show. It's just there isn't a contest. Then we came out here, which was a city that had a lot of turnover within the building. Um, there were a lot of morning shows that came and went, a lot of executives that came and went, a lot of program directors. And you're learning from scratch here. They don't have the stability that the show we came from did. So it, that's really the best example I can yeah. give. And now with that, the, you just said it, it was like kind of a lack of stability. Things change. You guys, I don't know if it was let go or mutually parted ways. Okay. No, no, we were let go. <laughs> no, 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 I'll give you the, the best part about this is that I don't think a lot of people don't understand the in between. So I will get to the end of our time in radio, but so we move out here 2016. We take over a brand new station. They change the brand, logo, all of it. So we're the morning show there. We do that for two years. We took the station from what to what? In the morning show, in our day part specifically, we went from uh, 20 seconds to second. Okay. Second. Uh, I could also couldn't tell you 22 other radio stations in no. the city. So Still, I didn't that's know. pretty damn good. Yes, right? They decide they're changing the station back to what it was prior. So they're going from top 40 back to hip hop. And we would be your new morning show. And I was like, do you, I don't know hip hop. What are you talking about? So I was just so confused because this was so foreign to us. Imagine being an Elvis show. They're like, by the way, we're changing the station. We're right. changing Z100 New York. We're like, what do you mean? So they have a meeting with us one night. They're like, we're changing the station in two days. I go in the next day. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I can't do this. And they said, this is a bad idea. I can't do this is a bad idea. And they had us do it anyway. So we flipped the station. We're now Cube 93. Seattle's number one for hip hop for three days. Anthony and I were the hosts of the morning show and higher ups came in and were like, what did you guys do here? These two are not hip hop. And they said the same freaking thing that I said to our bosses. So now we were on the hip hop morning show for three days. They called us to a meeting and they were like, we don't know. We're just going to honor your contracts. Um, you have at least six months. We're not sure you're not going to have a job. I was like, I'm going to Italy. Like I'm out. You're going to pay me to not do anything. Goodbye. Then they say, ah, we'll put you on nights on our other station. So we hosted a night show for four months, five months. And then they decide to fire the morning show on that station, put us on there. We do that for three months. Then we finally get to bring in two new people. But we weren't allowed to just hire the people we wanted to hire. We had to do a freaking contest. Like, it was absurd. We had to bring in people, audition them live on the air. It was this whole big nonsense for months and yes i'm still bitter about it and we did that for a year and a half and then they let us all go that never works out i don't know like mm -hmm. i don't know that much about radio but i feel like contests like don't work out with i mean it's so frustrating because they opened it up as a contest but really it just was bosses being like we want this person or that person and we ended up having a great team really the five of us at that time um and then a year and a half later we got let go like it was just con the first two years work-wise here we're the best oh yeah work-wise i mean we're still here we love the city but but now after that it was just chaos but now you know things happen in life that oh, yeah. you just gotta you just gotta roll with yes and you've now carved your way to a better morning show i read i, <laughs> I read the posts i know what 
why did you start this podcast now? Um, and what's it been like basically starting something completely new and building this up? You know, surprisingly, building it for, as something new wasn't as difficult for us as it may have been for some other people because we had done a lot of these steps at different points in our career. So we knew how to launch a podcast. We knew how to do Twitch. We knew how to do social, all of those things. Um, we knew how to conceptualize a show and build yeah. out benchmarks and, and different things that you do. Um, and the reason we did it and the reason we have the morning show podcast specifically built the way it is, is we didn't listen to radio for a while after we got let go. And we were driving to drop off something to a listener actually yep. up in a place called Cedro Woolley here in, in, uh, in Seattle or in Washington. Mm-hmm. And we turned on the radio again and you got to remember, this is during the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the radio companies, what they did because they lost advertisers because the economy is instead of saying, Hey, we're going to create a better product. And this is across the board. Almost every radio station did this. We're going to sell our spots our commercials for way less we'll take as much money as we can get from anyone and we'll put as many commercials on the radio as we can so you you ended up with radio stations that had 15 minute commercial breaks that's Ooh. not exaggeration 15 to 20 minute commercial breaks who wants to listen in a row who wants and that was the that was the whole point we said no one's no one can listen to this i don't yeah. care how much you love the person right thankfully like elvis the, they capped that at yeah 10. nine minutes or something um, and even then there's a song in between, yeah, so that yeah. makes it a little better, but it doesn't matter. You could be the biggest Elvis fan in the world. If someone gave you 20 minutes to listen through of commercials, you're not sticking around. Not so me. we figured let's build a product that takes all of the things that we know from morning radio, the things that people expect, want, enjoy, yeah. and let's create it in a, in a package that's easily to find, easy to find mm-hmm. and easy to listen to. And it gets all the things out of the way, and, and we set the limit at under 25 minutes. Which like is basically a commercial break for most radio yeah. stations. So. Like today's episode yeah. was literally 24 minutes and 30 seconds, I believe. Wow. Wow. That's – I like – I, I see, I didn't know the backstory of that. I didn't know the yeah, backstory so, of that and why – sorry, I just cut you off. What were you going to say? No, no, no. Like the – we – did Twitch first when we got like, oh, we had been streaming on Twitch while on the radio. And then we were like, well, let's just keep doing this. And we still do it. But we, when we got like, oh, in 2020, we just went with Twitch and we didn't know what our next thing was going to be. We also legally yeah. couldn't do anything else. So we were kind of stuck because of our um, severance. Severance. I couldn't think of the word yeah. and our contracts and all that. And we were just stuck. And I'm actually kind of grateful for that because who knows what we would have rushed to create. It gave us time to like kind of think, have these moments of, oh, wait, what if we create something better? So, yeah, that is the backstory story of the morning show podcast. And then I remember Anthony was like, we'll do it every morning. And I was like, every morning we're going to do this. He's like, no, we'll do it at night. I was like, every night we're going to put out a podcast. That's crazy. And every night, Sunday through Thursday night, we are working on the next morning's podcast. Um, we still haven't figured out a great routine, but it's up there every morning um, and it's under 25 minutes. That's the thing, though, too. A lot of people don't realize consistency is the number one thing with anything, really. Yeah. And you guys stuck to that. You, you, you're you still sticking to it. And I would consider it a, a massive success. Like this Thank is – like what you guys do is is incredible. You're best friends. You're, you're best friends for the longest time and then I'm, um, you know, I see an Instagram post. This is how I found out. I see an Instagram post <laughs> that there's some big news coming. <laughs> and you know, me, like I met you guys through my through Alex. And yeah. she goes, she goes, maybe, maybe this is it. I don't know. Maybe there, maybe this is an announcement. And I was like, I, I it looks like it, but let's see. And we, <laughs> we tune in, and you're together. Uh, so, <laughs> which Most one views ever? Which one of you? was the catalyst of of the i mean it's obviously mutually you're like yeah we have feelings but which one brought it up first go for it it was me <laughs> i was like is he gonna try to steal no, this I, from I, me? I steal it. <laughs> no it was me and he was like yeah but like we kind of live in the best of both worlds right now like we get to be around each other and be friends and not deal with the drama like why would we ruin that and i was like yeah but that's code for I rejected. Carl yeah, Marie the he first did. Time. Wow. Um, <laughs> basically. And 
I was like, okay. But he was like, I mean, I, I like feel the same way, but we shouldn't do this, which is honestly a fair answer because there was a lot on the line. I mean, our careers, everything like my best friend and my best friend, because I had friends here, but like we were each other's piece of home and we could have literally exploded everything we've ever worked for. We still could at this point, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then eventually I guess I wore him down. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. There you and go. for a while, I mean, we did it. People it's interesting yeah. with our relationship is even when both of us were dating other people, people assumed for some reason we were together because we were very close. And mm-hmm. um, part of that was also, you have a very unique schedule in morning radio. There aren't a lot of people who are going to be able to go to lunch with you the second you're done with work and, and then not have to go back or whatever it is. Um, but there was a time when we got out to Seattle uh, because in New York, like nothing really happened when we got to Seattle. Uh, we did have to hide it for a little bit. And the funniest thing or the weirdest thing is the morning show that we took over for on our second station here, I guess technically third, um, was a show that did really well for a long time. It was a married couple. They got divorced and the show kind of, followed suit and we kept hearing from people forever yeah. that was like once we moved out here it was like you better not date you better not date and we were like okay like relax bro we're not gonna date because <laughs> yeah. we really didn't think we were and then it was like it the whole idea was that we were about to take over for the show where previously these people were married and the whole thing blew up and then we were like oh shoot like is this station <laughs> cursed like we that we start liking each other and dating and it was just like this whole thing but there is there might be a curse on that studio because the show that was in there, like I said before us, was a couple. Two before uh, us. Huh? Two before us. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. Um, they split. Then the show that replaced us was also a married couple, and they have since then, since The split. key is to not be married when you're there. Yeah, I think, no, I think the key is to not start the show as a couple, which we didn't. We didn't. Like, we, we keep going back to the fact that everything we do, whether it's the Morning Show podcast or our show on Twitch, which is the Carla Marie Anthony show, it is a show first. We are co-hosts that also happen to be in a relationship. It mm-hmm. isn't a show about about being in a relationship. Right. So how do you how do you balance that? Like, do you put on like different hats? Like, hey, I'm talking as co-host right now. I'm not talking as boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, how, how does that work? Sometimes. I think because we very rarely bring up topics from our personal lives. That's actually also not true. No, that's not true. I was going to say with true each other. It's not like I'm... I'm not going to bring up a topic that's like, I'm also going to complain about something you do at home. But I, we we try to look at the world before ourselves first, right? Like, there's this whole thing with bachelorette parties. Like, this is a hot topic on our show all the time of, like, how they're over the top. So we're talking about that in our personal life. It's absurd. And that would be on, on the Twitch version of our right. show, not the podcast. Yeah, the podcast is, like, strictly business. Right. There's no anything really about our relationship there at all. Um. But obviously we talk about like, well, yeah, when we're out to dinner together or when Anthony's over with my family, whatever it may be, of course, we're going to share our personal lives. But we very rarely present arguments, right, for yeah. people to kind of settle for us. If if one comes up while yeah. we're live, people are like, oh, I agree with you. But it's never like settle this couple debate because like. No, no, but I think the easiest answer, honestly, is the way that you separate you know the the relationship side of it to the work side and personal is you know we're we're really good at boundaries and respecting one another's boundaries yes and that's really what it comes down to and i think one of the reasons both of the things that we've done whether professional or or personal have has worked is everything that carla marie and i have done since the very beginning of our partnership um, there's always been a ton of trust i know that Carla Marie is never going to put me in a situation that's going to embarrass me or, or put me, you know, out on, on a, on a limb by myself. Mm-hmm. And conversely, she knows the same. I'm never going to put Carla Marie in a position that's going to embarrass her, endanger her or whatever, anything like that. And if you have that base level of trust, then anything else is actually super easy. That's a fantastic answer. Look at, I, I love him. I love him. He's, he's so, <laughs> He's Stop so it. awesome. I'm just, Stop I'm just it. saying. You know, she's, I call him. You're awesome too. But I know, you know but like, he doesn't yeah. need to hear it. Right, there was right. a pecking order of awesomeness. <laughs> oh, okay. I yeah. think no, no, no. That's um, fair. But what's your so? What's your favorite thing about building what you have now together? Um, you want to go? What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, in ter- from the professional side yeah. of it, 
I love learning. Like I, I am a big nerd and I have learned so many new things as we've ventured out onto these different paths, whether it's through the podcast that we're now doing the morning show podcast, whether it's the Twitch channel, um, because that we treat those as two very separate things. Obviously the, the audience overlaps, but I've learned so many things about video streaming and equipment and audio quality. And it keeps me energized when I get to do new things, try new things and learn about them. Um, and I think that's helped us grow. And that's one of the reasons that we've been able to um, continue on this journey is we haven't been scared to right. learn things or try new things. But Steve said, what is the best part about doing this together? So the you trust. watch your videos alone. I could, I could do that alone, I guess. Wow. Um, wow. Then I would say if I, if I go back to the trust thing. Yeah, it is um, cool. It's made our trust stronger because we've, you know, it's not easy doing this. Um, we've had to lean on each other for certain things. There are times yeah. where I'll go to Carla and say, listen, I am not having a good day. Like, I, can you just handle this? I don't want to be on this call or I, I don't want to go to this meeting. Can you do this on your own? I'm just, my mind isn't there. And, it, and she does. Well, what I love about it is it's good and bad because you feel like I need to hold up my end of this. I can't let this fail because this is someone I truly care about. Right. Also a part of this. So sometimes if you're not doing things for yourself, you're doing them for someone else that you care about. And yeah. I think there's a lot of that. Like I need to make sure I'm, and this has been like before we were a couple, I got to hold my own because of this other person. Um, and I had something else I was going to say and I completely lost it, but damn it. And it was great. God, it's gone. That's forever. why I'm awesomer. Oh my God, stop. Wow. <laughs> All right. I mean, look, it could come back. So if it comes back, just <laughs> if it comes you, back. If it comes back, you just let me know. I'm we're here for that. I will scream. Trust That's me. It. I promise. Yeah, let let just let us know. Just interrupt me if I'm if I'm rambling, you know. But you're doing this together. You're building like this great life together. Shows. Now, this could be for both of you or one of you. Do you have a mentor or mentors that have helped you both through this process? I think we could, the Elvis. joint answer we'd have is Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, there are times that we'll both reach out to him, whether it's together or separately and just ask him a question. Mm -hmm. And he, from even when we were there learning under him before we had our own shows, I mean, that guy, if you're on his team, he is taking care of you. He is making sure um, that you're happy. He's making sure that you're safe. Um, and he's making sure that you're growing. Yeah. Elvis is the easy answer. Also, um, Dennis Clark, yeah. who is Elvis's best friend and iHeartRadio's consultant from the get-go with us in our podcast. Like, I have a screenshot of an email from him in, like, 2014 where he was like, wow, you guys sound so great. And he was just always kind of, like, a positive light for us when we were on the radio. And we still keep in touch with him now. Um, and he's always looking out for us, which is so nice. But... I don't really say, like think that I have, there's no like mentor, right? That I have now that I'll specifically go to for things, but we do have a group of peers. Yeah. Um, we call ourselves the content kittens okay. and it's our best friends, but it's um, Ricky Sanchez, who is on a morning show in Nashville, radio morning show, Erica Shea, who just got her own morning show um, in Salt Lake city. And then our friend Jake, who was the video producer at Elvis's show after Anthony yeah, he left took over right after me. Now he lives in Napa and produces content for the biggest wine brands in the world. And then our friend, John, who was on a morning show in LA, one of the biggest morning shows in radio. So the, yeah, shout out to Valentine in the morning. Yeah. We all have a group chat to get, I mean, two of them worked for Ryan Seacrest directly every morning for years. So and like the rest of us all worked for Elvis at some point. Yeah. So we have like this great, friendship but also like bounce ideas off of one another and share things and there's no like gatekeeping at all it's like i have this idea what do you guys think you should use it on your show or we should do this or what do you think of this and having that trust going back to trust with just like a group of friends that are all over the country doing different things it's so invaluable and i think that the, the invaluable word. yeah okay just make sure um or valuable works as well but anyway um the interesting thing about that group, and I, I would, I hope that everyone in whatever their profession is can find a group like this, is everyone in that group chat will gladly help everyone else mm -hmm. in that group chat without looking for anything in return. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the most valuable part. And you start learning about yourself too when you do that. Like I will, let's say for example, Ricky was to send me a piece of audio and ask me for my opinion. She's doing that because she knows I am going to give her my honest opinion and there's no 
I, there's nothing in it for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to gain anything from it. So she's going to get an honest opinion and we can all do the same thing. We can send a video and say, what do you guys think of this? Let me know what should be edited out or added. And no one has any ulterior motives. So you're getting honest feedback from people that you genuinely trust. And it goes back again to, to having people that you genuinely trust to just have your back no matter what. Um, I remembered, by the way. Go I'm ahead. sorry, Steve. Go ahead. Go so ahead. the thing I like about creating um, everything we create with an actual like life partner, not just a business partner, is I feel like so many times in work environments, it gets so toxic because you go home to your significant other and you complain about your coworkers. Yeah. That's clearly not happening here. And we have to be open. We're like, if you're doing something that's bothering me or this routine isn't working, or this schedule isn't working, we have to tell each other. Yeah. Because that's it. Because it's going to spill over into our personal life and you'll just be miserable and you don't have someone to vent to when you come home from work. And I think being able to do that and be yeah. honest and open with each other makes it so much better. Working with your significant other is not easy no. by any means. I don't even know if I'd suggest it to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's no toxicity where in every place I've ever worked, yeah. it may not be, may not have been miserable, but there is some sort of toxicity. And having this situation, I think, kind of eliminates that. Or you could do what I do. I complain to Steve about all the things yeah, that you do. I bet. Right. I have a bunch of text messages, but <laughs> I'm just going to leave it, leave it alone. Okay. No, but yeah, I get, yeah. I get that too, though. I get what, what you're saying there because, you know, me and Alex do have worked together a lot. We still do work mm -hmm. together a lot. So right. it's like you just really have to communicate. At that mm -hmm. time, like, hey, like she has no qualms with saying like, hey, this is not working for this. Like it's got to get <laughs> fixed. Her. And I come back and I'm like, all right, let's figure it out. So I get yeah. exactly what you're saying with that. And also back to the the mentors or the, yeah. the, the group, people don't realize how important it is to have a group of people that are like minded and doing yes. the same thing as you, because mm -hmm. I find this a lot. I don't like I have friends who don't have businesses and they don't really un they can't really understand what I'm going through at certain no. points. But, you know, I then I have friends who have businesses and you text them and you're like, hey, what do you think of this idea? Or yeah. what do you think of X, Y and Z? And they can answer you. Like you said, they're not looking they, There's nothing in it for them. They just want to help yeah. because they've been through it before and they know what you're going through. and not and having those types of people in your life is invaluable. I'm going to use that. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to use that, <laughs> that that one. But now let's move a little bit to this really isn't work related or but we live in a world where social media is like all over the place. We're all on our phones all the time. How do you guys disconnect from it? Do you take time to just get away from everything and disconnect from the technology aspect. And how do you do it? Anthony disconnects from technology by playing video games. So does that yeah. count? Well, I mean, I guess, right. Is that... I, I, I do disconnect. What, what type from, of video like, games can I ask? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm normally, I'm like a, I, I'm a big fan of Pokemon. I kind of have been for a long time. And wow. thankfully with the extra time I got during the pandemic, when we got let go, I remember hopping on offer up one day. And being like, oh, you know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna see if anyone's selling like an old school Game Boy Color and a, and a Pokemon game, and I was able to get both of those for pretty cheap, and I started playing again, and that like reinvigorated me. And what I love about that is those games aren't really connected to a lot; they're not yeah. necessarily multiplayers or anything where you have to hop online and and play with someone. So you get to just live in that little pixelated world for a little bit and block out everything else. Uh, but the other thing, so I, I will play video games from time to time, and uh, the other thing I'll do is I'll go to the gym and, and generally speaking, I'm pretty good about blocking all of that out. I still use my phone for like tracking it and timing yeah. things, but for the most part, I'm pretty good about saying I'm not going to do work or get on social media until I go home. Yeah. Working out also for me is important. When I go to a regular gym versus like a class, I catch myself on my phone more like if i go to an orange theory class that's it 60 minutes yeah. i can't do anything but let my brain just go i'm not on my phone none of it which is i like truly might be one of the best parts about taking yeah. a class like that it's that's the same when i do like a title boxing class exactly but we um 
we can get back into this more now that Anthony has a functioning Achilles, but we, um, since 2020 would go on walks. And back then we had way more time also. So we were going on like super long walks, like exploring the neighborhood. And every once in a while now it's like, let's just go for a walk. Yeah. Like, let's just leave, take your phone for safety. But like, you're not on your phone when you're walking. Yeah. So being able, like doing that is, I think helped my brain so much over these last three years of doing all this, just getting away and getting outside and just clearing your brain. Do you, you know? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Steve. No, I was going to say, do you ever work out together? Besides oh, yeah. the walk, we well, never work out together. We can work out at the same time. Right. We're not necessarily working out together. Yeah, we're not like, I'm not, you know. Okay. What is it? Spotting Anthony or yeah. any of that? Well, that, I, I asked that because, so last year was probably, I was, I like, I just was not into working out at all and just lost everything. And then this year, you know, Alex was like, listen, we have to get back into this. And she, you know. She was like, let's join the gym. It's around the block from us. It's a class gym. And she was like, they, she's like, it's right here. It's two minutes away. We could start going together. And like, you don't have to think about what to do. They're just going to tell you yes. what to do yeah. when you do it, when you go. And, you know, I remember it was probably like, we started doing this for like a day. And I was like, I'm not, I don't want to go to class. And she was like, no. She was like, you always do this. Like, she's like, you like want to commit and then you, you don't want to stick with it for, for some reason. And I was like, you know what? Like she holds me accountable for, yeah. for yeah. it. We hold each other accountable. And it, yep. it's changed. It's definitely changed my life in terms of going together mm -hmm. and being able to have someone to go with. And I know some couples don't, but that's the reason that I, that I asked that. No, it's it changed a lot for us. I mean, listen, the Shanti world, we all know this accountability is so important. And even if you're not going with that person, like I know Anthony's going to gym, like, oh man, I guess I have to go like, or we'll go together. It does make it easier. Or if he's going to the gym, like, all right, I'll go to orange theory. Then while you're at the gym yeah. and we come back and we can work, whatever it is, but it does make such a difference when you're like, I don't think I could be in a relationship with someone who just never worked out yeah. ever. Like it just, so you're safe there. I know. <laughs> I don't and it's not because name. like they're going to look different. Just I, health is important. And I think like that's a major priority that you guys should have in common in a relationship. So it definitely does make things um, different, but super important question, Steve, how are Alex's pull-ups coming along? Her pull-ups are coming along. Great. She's, she's killing it. She thought she was going to lose it a little bit when we went to Greece, but she didn't at all. She's like back and better than ever. I think she's, See, she wants one like full, which she has, but I think she, yeah. I think by the end of the year, she wants to do one by the end of the year. And I was like, you got that. I think she could get to like four or five before the year. Oh, the last time she and I spoke, it, we were both going to try to do three by the end of the year. I but see, that's part of the accountability thing that Steve yeah. you just mentioned is I think accountability is not just making sure someone checks in all the time, but you can also push them because mm -hmm. Carlin Ree will set goals sometimes. And I'll say, well, that's tell so why, annoying. whether, whether, <laughs> There's no wrong answer, but why is that your goal? Right. Is it your goal because you think it's easy to achieve or is it your goal because that's actually what you want to achieve? And one of the things about accountability sometimes is you have to be able to trust the person again. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if Carla Marie is like, oh, you know, I'm not going to go to Orange Theory today or I'm going to skip the gym. I'll say, that's fine, but I don't want to hear you complain about this, you know, next week when we're going to so-and-so place or you're putting on that dress or whatever, whatever thing we can sometimes complain about. I'll say you don't have to go, but you're going to lose the ability to complain this weekend. Okay, if yeah, you but don't. doing one class isn't going to make my dress no, fit. No, no, that's for sure. No, but, <laughs> you, but if you but if you continue that trend, yes, you know, yeah, yes. no, and that's what and that's kind of how how we do it, right? So mm -hmm. sometimes you just wake up and you just get your ass kicked in a class, yeah. and the next day you're like, I'm sore and I can't really move, and we'll talk to each other like, okay, let's go for a walk. But let's go do mm -hmm. let's go try and do like a two mile walk and come back and that that's good for for the day but like having that person there to be like hey let's go you this is important is yeah is has been huge yeah. you know and and that person to say take a break it's okay right right and on top of that like on top of that i want to piggyback off that because that's something that's important that's a routine that's important going to the gym do you do you have a morning routine that you that you kind of like schedule out your day 
you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, because I don't have a morning routine. I've really never had a morning routine. And when I say never, you have to remember that I started working with Elvis when I was like 23, I think I was. So everything before that, I was just like a teenage idiot, basically. <laughs> um, but then when you start working so early and you have to be somewhere at 5.30, 5.45, for example, it's hard to get a, a schedule down because what are you going to do at that time unless you have the resources for like a home gym or, you know, because there are coffee places that aren't even open that early when you're headed to work. Yeah. So for us, I think that has kind of lingered, even though we don't wake up that early anymore. I never got as an adult, I never really got into a good okay. kind of uh, rhythm because I was always going to work so early. That, and maybe that's just an excuse I'm making. Yeah, for don't myself. rope me into that. There was a time in my life where I did. But explain. I feel personally victimized by this question because <laughs> I want a morning routine again so bad. And I don't know what is happening that I cannot get myself back into it. But there was a two, three year period where when we had our morning show, I was waking up at 3.30 a.m., lived in an apartment complex that had a gym, and I was doing like the beach body workouts in the gym alone. No one was there. It was great. I'd go back up to my apartment, shower, make my shake, get ready, and go to work. And it was, I'm telling you, I have never felt better in my life than when I worked out every morning, had a routine, went to work, and then at the end, I got home and I could do whatever I wanted. I have to worry about going to the gym, dealing with people, whatever. Then when I moved into my house, it was uh, 2019, that routine got rocked because I didn't have a gym to get to at 3.30 in the morning. And ever since then, literally 2019, I have been trying to figure out a morning routine. And now we have such a weird week where three days a week, we have the same schedule. We wake up, do our live show on Twitch. Two days a week, we don't. So at, out of the weekdays. So it's hard for me to set a routine when our schedules, I guess, are different. But this is like a huge goal of mine. Like number one priority is to figure out how to start my day the same every day. I like that. But also don't, I would say, don't put like a huge amount of pressure on yourself to do it. Because I would say in your house, like figure out what works for you and don't just be like, hey, I got to do this because mm -hmm. like, but you want to do it. So it's not like, yeah, but I wouldn't like put the you pressure on it, out. you know? Okay. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate like this little therapy session. We yeah, just had. I think there's also a part of it in finding what works for you is finding out what type of worker or creative you are. Cause some people are more creative in the morning. I'm not mm. all of my creativity will normally come to me at night. Right. And I don't mind staying up late. I enjoy working yeah. at night by myself when everyone else is done working. So I think finding out, like you said, what works for you, what time of day is your most creative, most productive, if you have a schedule, like if you work for yourself and you can figure that out, that's great. And lean into it. Right. You don't have to fit yourself into the morning guru, you know, <laughs> lifestyle. As long as you're getting proper sleep, whatever works for you after that works for you. Right. Right. And that's why, see, that's why I do it so early. Like you said, you, your best ideas come at night. Nobody's bothering you. That's why I do it early because nobody's bothering me. But it's, if yep. like eight o'clock hits, my phone's just people emails yep. it's like i can't with this right well now. also being here on the west coast you wake because up we're three chaos. hours behind everyone by the time i'd say seven eight o'clock hits here at in night, seattle at night everyone else that i know all my family all my friends they're they're ending their days so i have from seven to whenever i decide to go to sleep kind of free yeah but the downside to that is you wake up to 800 text messages <laughs> yeah. because your group chats are going off and all this stuff because yeah. everyone's been awake three hours before you. So there's a lot of figuring out. There's the a lot of figuring thing. that out there. Yeah. But I like where that where that combo is going though. We'll, we'll, we'll get you a morning routine, Colin Marie. Don't worry. It's going to happen. That's my goal. That's I, will, I will come back just to tell you I did it. So what now, what does living an awesome life look like to the both of you? Man. Um... I think if you're from just a, you know, bird's eye view perspective, I would love to get to a point because um, I think financial security is the biggest thing for yeah. everybody. Because once you're financially secure, everything else does kind of fall into place. Yeah. Uh, you can start saying no to things you don't want to do mm -hmm. for work. You can start prioritizing things a little differently. Um, I think finding a, a space where I'm financially secure enough. I don't need to be a. Uh, yeah. Multi-trillionaire. I don't need to be Bezos. It'd be nice if someone handed you his money, but I don't need it. <laughs> no. um, 
but getting to a point where I'm financially secure enough to scale back from social media, yes, that would be an awesome life for me. I love social media in terms of the connections I make with our community. I don't, I'm not someone who loves posting about myself though. Right. Right. And I think it was, uh, who's that? It's going to sound weird. Who's that? Uh, he's like a younger, really good looking comedian. Who's like, taking Matt, Rife. Matt, Rife. Matt Rife. He was on uh, a podcast recently. He's like, I want to become successful enough where I can just delete all my social media. Yeah. Yeah. That that's fair. I don't, I understand. I that. mean, I've connected with people like yeah, you're saying it is truly one of the greatest things I've met best friends through there, but Honestly, like there's times where I'm like, I want to delete this so bad, but I can't because like it is a main source of income for yeah. me and it's such a double edged sword. So, yeah, I agree with Anthony where like being financially, financially stable, not having to deal with social media and I kind of am better at this now already, but your job isn't everything and like that's not your priority. It's not your end all be all. If something goes wrong with your job or work. It's not your life's not over. Just it's just something you do. It's not who you are. And I have been working on that for a few years and I'm kind of past it now, but I think continuing that of yeah. just like, I'm doing these things because I like them, not because I need to, or am identifying with this? And it's everything that I am is this job and what we've created or whatever it may be. Just I'm doing it because it's what makes me happy. And I'd like to add one more thing. I think that what we're talking about is kind of like the end point, but I yeah. think living an awesome life to, to your question before Steve is understanding that even if you're not at that point, mm -hmm. you're getting there and you're on the right track and understanding that your track isn't everybody else's track. And if you can understand that, and this is something that I'm still training myself to do, I'm not trying to say I'm some sort of, you know, self-help guru here. Um, I think if I could do that better than I am now, I'd be, much closer to an awesome life, if that makes any sense. Would what would you say if I said that you are both already living an awesome life? Mm. I would say that I need to have you send me little voice notes every morning. No, I <laughs> I think that we are. I mean, yeah, we I'm get on the to path. <laughs> what we get to like travel, yeah. see our friends, see our family, and do not brain surgery and spreadsheets for a living, yes. like. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty good deal, honestly. Yeah. But I think like you, you're a business owner, Steve, yeah. you're, and you're self-employed, you're motivated. There's this thing in us, in our brains that always tells us like, it's not good enough or it has to be better. Yes. And I, I, that beast inside of me, I like it. I'm not sure. Cause I think we've all been able to accomplish things because that, that little monster pushes us, but you also have to be able to tell that little monster, like right now is not your time. Right. And the thing is you know? too, the thing with that is. You know, and th that's that is a monster like that's living in your head. That's like, hey, mm -hmm. you got to do more. You got to do more. You got to do more. But at the same time, you got to stop sometimes. And this is where like having someone like Alex mm -hmm. comes in. She's like, hey, you know, look at like where look at where you came from to where you are right now. You could take you could not take the foot off the gas, but you you're beating yourself up too much. You you could, yeah. you could take a step back a little bit and there's a balance in that, but yep. you know, that, that guy's always there saying, Hey, you got to keep going. You got to work until you got to work all hours of the day. And it's like, no, you need to make time for the important people and important things. Yes. In your life. We had a medium of all things on our show today. And one of the things she said to one of our callers was, you have to realize that good enough is good enough. Sometimes you don't have to try to be the best or work the most amount, amount of hours. If the job is done, the job is like, it's done. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, good enough is good enough. I'm running with this. And I'm so glad I already got to use it once a few hours yeah, later. And the reason she was saying that to that caller was she was telling him that he's in a place in life where he has been working really, really hard for an extended period of time. And sometimes you've just got to, do the thing that's necessary to let your body recover so you can continue yeah. right. to work as hard as you want to. Right. And like, I don't have, we don't have kids, but the, the, I see, I saw a tweet a couple of weeks ago where it was like, the only people that are ever going to remember that you worked late are your kids and your family. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. Stop. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Nobody cares that you worked late. Like if you, if no one cares, you know? So that's where uh, 
Damn. Yeah, it's crazy. I read that and I was like, all right, could change a couple things around yeah. here. But now before, <laughs> let's change the subject a little bit. That was great. It was good. But this is, <laughs> change the subject a little Remix. bit. This is the most important question that I am going to ask the both of you. What is your go-to karaoke song? Some 41 Fat Lip. Really, I I would say mine has to be Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla oh, Ice. I feel like I I've knew seen that. You do I feel like I knew that for it, some reason. There's a chance you may have seen me doing Ice Ice Baby somewhere in Hoboken at some point. <laughs> I feel like I knew that. Damn, <laughs> I'm I'm not surprised at all that you just said that. I feel like that was it's, when I was like in elementary school. I think that song came out, and that was it. Just stuck with me. That's so funny. I did it one day, the first time I think I ever did karaoke, and it's just been my song ever since. I've done it literally around the world. It's a, it's a karaoke bar. It's a timeless classic, to be totally yeah. honest with you. And so, it's easy. Yeah. It really we is. have um a karaoke place here called Rockbox, and it's so much fun because you rent, like, you get a room with your friends, oh, and you guys just get to perform together without strangers. We did it for my birthday two years ago with all those people we mentioned earlier, yes. all the, the group chat. It was yeah. the most fun. Like, I don't know why they're not on the East Coast. No, they well, have them. Really, in, they have them in the <gasps> city. Yeah, you rent the room. It's really something that. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. We, uh, we found out. We did a trip through work with Z100 in uh, in Taiwan, and they're called KTVs all over the mm. place, like in 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 East. Yeah, East Asia. Um, I was thinking I'd have to go through my my mental compass. Oh, geography, huh? Oh, yeah. I was gonna say you better know that navigation. Maybe not my thing, mm. but anyway, uh, we we did that the first time in Taiwan, and ever since then we're like, this is the coolest experience ever. And now that they've been popping up in America, yeah. uh, we've been telling people like, as go. many as we can. You have to go. It's so much fun. It's like it's all the perks of like bottle service, if you will. You get your own <laughs> private area. You get people like Server. bringing you food and drinks. But you just rock out with your friends, and it's phenomenal. It's amazing. And then the the I don't know if they have if it's like that by you, but the ones in the city they have just the little landline phone that when you want to order more drinks, you just call mm -hmm. the front desk and you're just like, yeah, just bring yep. more another round. That's like an it's it's fantastic. That's awesome. It's fantastic. Uh, this is the, this is your chance. Let's plug in. Uh, where can everybody find you? Okay, so the morning show podcast. I suggest starting there because um, it's something you could do simple every morning. It's wherever you get your podcast. It so could like, be part of your, your new morning routine. It could be. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing. I need oh. to find. I can't listen to myself in the morning. Maybe I got to find a podcast in the morning. This one. I'm going to listen to this one. Um, yeah, it's called the morning show podcast. And then three mornings a week, we do a live stream on Twitch. Uh, it is completely free to watch. And it's a video. So it's not just audio like our podcast. It's a video stream, and that's more laid back. That's more the conversation part um, that you would get from a radio morning show. And it's interactive because there's a live chat. So it's like kind of like old school AOL chat rooms yep. while also watching a live video. And, um, yeah, if you follow us, Carla Marie and Anthony, on Instagram, you'll be able to see everything we do. And uh, the Morning Show podcast, the recipe is basically we do a thing called the Core Four, which is the four biggest headlines that you probably should know before you start your day. We – News kind of sucks sometimes, so we always end the core four with something called Hope for Humanity, which is a positive headline that makes you feel a little better about the world. We play a music game every morning. We do some pop culture stuff later on in the show, um, a segment called Nerd News, where we can talk about any type of nerdy thing in the world. Uh, and then Carla Marie gives you what's trending, and that caps the show, and what's trending is where she tells you the thing you didn't know you needed until she told you about it. Also, Steve, you've played the musical game yeah, before. Yeah, I have. I have. I I did better than than Alex thought I was gonna do in that on that game. Um, I also, I still, I, I'm, I missed one. I don't remember which one it was, but I missed one because I had the, I knew the song, but I think I had the title wrong, and mm. um, I'm still, or still eats at me like to this day. <laughs> well, we'll have you guys back. We'll, on. we'll do it yeah, again. Yeah. We'll do it. I'm, we could do that again. But okay. Carl Marie and Anthony, thank you so much for for coming on. Um, I'm. So glad that we had the opportunity to actually have a real conversation that's, you know, yes. outside of just a couple of messages on either Twitter or Instagram, just laughing at each other. And, you know, so I got it. We got to come. Yeah, out. Thank you for. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you want to come out here? Yeah, yes. we got to come out to Seattle. Come back. We got to come out to Seattle. No, for real. Thank you for having us. Yeah. And I will tell everyone. And obviously, if they're listening to this, they know who you are, obviously. Um, but you and what you've posted, even if we're not talking about it. 
the stuff that you post on social in terms of podcasting and best practices and stuff, um, I want you to know that it is unbelievably helpful. Yes. Um, whether it's something I know or not, because I've learned a lot from you and I've been also reaffirmed by things that you've posted. So just shout out to you. I want to give you your, uh, your roses while I can, you know. Thank you. I really appreciate that because especially coming from people like you who are in it. So that means a lot. I really appreciate that. Thank you again for, for coming on. And um, I'm coming back on, on the show to, to yes. play the game again. All right. <laughs> Deal. So everyone, thank you for listening. Um, don't forget to leave us a review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And um, we will see you next week.